witches. Thank you for joining us on our Modern Witches podcast. This series is a space for musings on the diverse pathways of witchcraft, intuitive inspiration, and spiritual activism. We cannot wait to revel in what is bubbling away in our cauldron of collective magic. I am your podcast host, Casey Zabala, creatrix and gatherer of Modern Witches. My hope is that our community fosters a greater depth of understanding of witches everywhere so that we may cultivate hope for the future of humanity, a humanity that honors and upholds magic as a sacred thread that illuminates our connectivity. Be sure to subscribe, and if you'd like to get more intimate with Modern Witches, check out our Patreon. Learn more at modernwitches.org. Hello, dear witches. Welcome to the Modern Witches podcast. We are recording our Taurus season episode today with myself, Karima, and Mariana. And we're just so happy to be bringing you some whimsical, potentially, (laughs) potentially grounding, potentially inspiring vibes with all of this astrology and energetic information so thank you for listening yeah thank thank you you guys thank you thank you good to be here yeah me too Mm -hmm. we love talking about Taurus season we are grounding (laughs) babies we're grounding yeah (laughs) it's time it's time I feel like Aries season it's kicked up a lot you know it did exhausting it exhausted me mm. I don't know what like I'm an Aries I got like part of my voice by the way everyone I got all sick so it's a little bit um off but I just felt by the middle which is right now of Aries season I felt kind of burned out like Mars changing sign after such a long period of time Mars being in cancer and just yeah. so many shifts and like this fire just burning everything its way. And I'm just like crashed a few days ago. I'm just like, that's it. I can't. Yeah. I think so that bad. makes a lot of sense. I feel that too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, it's so many planets. In, I mean, it has, it was a lot of planets in, in Aries, you know, a lot moving through. Aries energy and then and then everything is moving into Taurus so it's going to be this big swing again in energy um yeah and I feel it's also for us kind of a preview a little bit especially the topics that are coming up during that season of Aries because we have the North Node the head of the dragon going into Aries very soon and so that's like very like those topics that came up during that season will keep going and it seems that it's going to be quite intense because when you have north node going through a sign is always like the head of the dragon is create a, hung- a hunger um and in aries is not a calm sign it's a pretty it's a fiery sign it's the first sign of the zodiac so of course it's the power of initiation and and new beginning and it can be very um intense when you have too many ideas or too many thought or too many projects that we want to start on and uh so i feel like this energy is going to stay i feel with us a little bit um 
we're gonna feel I feel like we're gonna feel it especially when the north node is gonna pass into mm. very slowly um definitely there's been I mean there's been so much so many fights to fight this airy season I feel like that have been initiated so many conflicts um that we're gonna have to kind of press forward on and I hope I hope that that north node in Aries kind of spurs the collective to keep fighting so we'll see 100% I just want to add because it's really what like being an Aries stallion what I feel like to the fights that you brought up Casey like external we all know what's happening in the world and we watch it and like I felt just without even participating in that actively just being drained so much by anticipation of what's coming as the fights and that that itself is a good cautionary tale of like we need to be very martyrs in cancer we need to be very grounded as in intuitively grounded as we move through these fights as we move through these battles this is very important i think yeah, because the fire can burn our, you know, uh, you know, can burn us basically, can create burnout too. So mm -hmm. it is interesting, like we have Aries season and Pluto entered for the first, like first time in Aquarius at zero degree hanging there, you know? And so it is definitely a multiple fight popping up around the world related human humanitarian, people and civil rights and social movements in general so like I said it's very interesting to see this kind of preview and I think that's kind of thing we're going to see it coming up along the year especially when Pluto is coming back to um, Aquarius in January 2023 so mm -hmm. 2024 <laughs> we are in 2023 <laughs> so yeah so yeah, yeah the Aries fire 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 yeah but we're and moving this, towards more grounded <laughs> lens. Yeah, it's very exciting. It's, it's, it's a, yeah, moving into Taurus, the grounding earthy energy. Maybe we should talk a little bit about Taurus energy before diving into the eclipse season stuff. Yeah, let's talk about it. Sweet, sweet Taurus energy. <laughs> <laughs> Venus ruled nature loving right it's just such a decadent vibe that taurus archetype has um i i love taurus energy i truly do i just like honestly i'm one of those people who i love every sign truly and it's just i don't know like i grew to embrace all of all of them in in many ways but taurus is just such a uh I often say this, Taurus invented stability and it introduced pleasure on this earthly plane. So much gratitude for that. We need it, especially these days. The pleasure has been sucked out of our bones <laughs> by day. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Yeah, Very it's exactly what I think when I think about Taurus. I think about pleasure a lot. Uh, and we think also about the earth in general when we think about Taurus. You, you think about your bare 
feet like walking onto the earth like you know connected to the world around us and be kind I think of Taurus being able to be in the present moment you know being able to connect and do magic with what is around and how actually to be a channel for um, different messages from the earth you know from mother earth so I do feel like especially Taurus I love Taurus ascendant and Taurus because I feel they have the power to be very grounded and also to to feel like where they are surrounded by nature, you can feel the embody nature. For them, it's so important. The body is very, very important. And how they feel, like it's a great time, especially during Taurus, to see where you have blocks in your body because it's how you release during Taurus. It's, a, it's a, a powerful energy to connect to where um, the flow that is going through your body, where it's stuck. And usually it's also related to something happening in your life or something that happened, obviously. But that's the Taurus is always asking us to go back to the body and to the, go back to um, the nature world, <laughs> you know, the prison world and the nature world, how to heal with plant magic, for example, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I always think of the Empress archetype with Taurus. Mm. Oh, yeah. You know, it's the Empress archetype is ruled by Venus, same planetary ruler as Taurus. And the Empress archetype teaches us about how to resource ourselves and really care for our bodies as if it were the earth, like not really sensing a separation between earth and our bodies. And um, that's something that I feel like humanity is in dire need of connecting with and embodying so that we can move forward with healing so much of our experience as humans on this planet. Mm. Um, But definitely thinking about Taurus season and self-care, nourishment. um, How are you relating to your energy bodies, your physical bodies? How do you relate to the earth? and yeah, how do you how do you call on the spirits of the earth in in plant medicine in land spirits? Um, there's so much opportunity to connect with that type of magic in Taurus season and beyond. Yeah, especially the magic of self care is a very for me when I hear Taurus, I hear self care, food, pleasure, and luxurious um, things around me. You know, it can be through my altar or how I dress or it's very feeling expensive in some kind of way, you know. Um, but I love also doing a lot of every tea that I'm going to do, I know is going to be with needles um, or us, like art seed. Uh, I don't know how to say it. Help me, guys. O-A-T. Oat. Oat. Yeah. Oh, like yeah. Good strong. Yeah. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Um everything that can like recharge my brain in terms of like mineral, vitamin, and all that. It's just mm-hmm. a great time to do. Even oatmeal. Mm-hmm. Like oatmeal is so good for you, for your digestion, for your gut. My go-to breakfast is oh like you know those little like oatmeal, but like the hard one. They like, like, yeah, like a little cut. stone, steel cut oats. 
I cook them for over 20 minutes and they become so creamy and they're delicious. <laughs> yeah. Let's just talk about food through this yes. episode. And just like, yes. <laughs> what do we like to eat during this tourist season? <laughs> what yeah. do you like to drink? Yeah. Yeah. Honestly, yeah. it is about that. It is about not because we live in a capitalistic world, unfortunately, often it leans towards excess and uh things that bring our nature to the point of like really sad point but to me the most important thing about tourist season is value system identification it's about identifying what is of value taking this time to really sift through what matters to really um especially with north node and taurus for last almost year and a half and uranus and taurus it's about what is of value what kind of self-care is of actual value and what kind of what is not actually a self-care hmm. what foods what um relationships because it's ruled by venus again right what relationships what what relationship with nature is of value to us if we can identify those things it's so enriching and that's what Taurus wants is an enrichment that is long-lasting and nothing that is um consumeristic is never going to be long-lasting enrichment and Taurus doesn't like anything that just and this is a trap like that this archetype and we all within that archetype can fall into is trying to buy the value and it's never enough it's never becomes that thing that is sustainable and long-lasting yeah i like what you said like yeah i like when you say value i i see definitely this in taurus like what is your value like recognizing and or reshape your value and what you care about very important and how to nurture it and you know just yeah. throw it long term course long -term. big sign the fixed sign <laughs> absolutely all those those roots that Taurus people love to set down mm -hmm. um it's important to think about that too because we're we're kind of wrapping up this eclipse cycle that's been um in Scorpio and Taurus um this year so and the next set of eclipses will be in this access on May 5th. So this is the time to reconnect with those value systems. Again, I think it's been, you know, if you've been paying attention to the astrology for the past year or more, um, it's been about that, you know, it's really been about how do your actions and your energetic outputs align with your value systems. And when they don't, how does that make you feel and what comes up? What, what is required of you in those moments when you really have to make a big shift because things aren't flowing harmoniously for you because of that lack of alignment. Mm -hmm. yeah. That remind me, like, that make me think of everybody who's kind of like basically switch between the old job to the new job and the new version of themselves and how 
they value, like the, the job that they were doing were not matching their value. And I, we see a lot, a lot of people going through kind of a big change, especially in work, yeah. where they try to find more meaningful work. Money is it, always been a focus, but it's not as much as doing what you really want to do and where you want to spend time with. And and where you want to spend time to work to work on, like some a project or something that is very that's match your value and is very important. Um, and so this access, I feel like, especially after COVID, there was kind of a big. You, you could see it everywhere. People wanted to to launch their own project. People wanted want to be a entrepreneur or something like this. And there is like some people realizing, yeah, that is harder than what they thought it will be but also that people will be shifting you know realigning it's a constant work that they're doing and I felt this access is also to let go of our kind of a past belief around um what we wanted to do in life or the image that we thought will like be aligned to us Mm -hmm. or the lies that we (laughs) we've been told since forever about work and like what you need to do money and that will fulfill you and kind of going more towards a Taurus side when it's like less work but more meaningful work that will where you will feel expensive and important and also that match your values and more pace of life that will align to maybe your personal life and having that kind of more connected to the season and earth and like and the work will be more match to this than a constant go 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 where pain is inevitable yeah the the hustle of capitalism has definitely been exposed Mm -hmm. um to such a heightened degree under this having the north node in taurus um yeah so much you guys these eclipses are gonna be so important for collective in terms of releasing that shame, that Scorpio South node in relation to what we do to bring the value in. To like, it's a lot like that South node in Scorpio, like towards you said, Karima, I'm just thinking that a lot of like the question of stability and bringing in resources for everyone, there's a very important issue for a lot of people right now, right? The thing is, we just starting to realize last, whatever, four or five years on such a scale with Uranus and Taurus and the North Node in Taurus, um, and now Jupiter this month in Taurus, that we, you being uniquely as we are, Uranus, it's that unique self-expression can bring value in. Taurus we can break the mold of what is accustomed but for that to happen we have to do that south node in Scorpio releasing that shame that is constantly being it's Scorpio can be associated with manipulation a lot of the time being manipulated subconsciously even maybe I'm not even subconsciously on on all levels that it's not enough you have to do this. You have to do this much. Mm-hmm. And just make, like that easiness, that like flow that you've spoken about is shamed in many, many areas. And it's often shamed within us, within ourselves even. 
like I catch like I'm such a advocate for change and change into the way we see this world but I often catch myself I'm like I'm not doing enough and like in that like, con- like my body's tired my, my my like why am I in the system where I have to like completely exhaust myself to the point of I don't know so tired where then I can only put put my feet up and be like okay let's chill it's just and that shame is that south node in Scorpio that I feel a lot the value so resonant yeah I mean I have I'm a Taurus ascendant with my Mars on my ascendant and this has these eclipses have been hitting me pretty exactly on those points and I throughout these eclipse this eclipse portal it's been like okay reckoning with extreme burnout accepting what burnout means having to like really pull back and do less and just like totally unraveling all that capitalist indoctrination within myself and as a business owner as an artist you know it's it's so interesting to kind of be the boss quote unquote Mm -hmm. yet still be so tethered to these ideals um, that we all are kind of really overcome by in our society especially in American society Um, you know there's just kind of this this epic sense of hustle that doesn't make any sense the endless progress the endless desire for growth that is completely unsustainable period Um, and I think Taurus, you know, Taurus. The period was good. I just wanted to emphasize on the period. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and, and Taurus is, is coming back to the, to the body, right? Like what, what Mariana was saying, when you're so tired, you just, you shouldn't have to keep going. You should be able to rest. Like, yeah. what does it look like to give yourself permission to just listen to your body? Mm-hmm. Like be in concert with your own natural rhythms and the earth's cycles. Yeah. It's a really radical act. And the the eclipses here are really asking us to examine that. Because it's a radical act because you have to stay in your position. And you also been without noticing people also between that category. It's like I will say like very like an example, like making like doing content every day. Someone who's doing content every day through social media, blogs, whatever you use doing content, content, content not doing content for maybe two months you decide to do a break and travel even people will try to guilt trip you that even noticing they will try to pull you back where where have you been are you like you disappear like what's going on we need that like you know and so the guilt has started to be built like to build up and because we are used to have another flow all the time of the any type of corporation or people we like consult or pay or see content, you know, <laughs> like we we used to have all the time. We're like kind of feeding ourselves all the time instead of like, yeah, she's making a, she's having a break right now. She will go back, you know, you know what I mean? I don't know if it resonates, mm-hmm. but. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I was talking to someone the other day. It's like, who wants this content? Like who needs this content? It's so much. 
It's too much. It's too much. It's completely overwhelming. <laughs> Who can read it all? Who can take it all in? It's it's an absolute like delusional rat race. Yeah. It's it's insane. I like I write this post, for example, and I'm like, does anyone read this? There's so many. There's like hundreds of similar <laughs> posts out there. Yeah. But I mean, like, it's it's ironic because we're sitting here making a podcast, and I just have to say that. Like, <laughs> I well, love yeah, it. yeah. We we like adding on to the pile. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you for listening. Self-aware, like we have self-awareness in the process that we are adding to the pile. No, it's true. It's true. No, it's good too. And I noticed when that was also the North Node in Gemini, like like we were like. A lot of information came up and like we were like kind of didn't know what is true what is not true especially during covid and vaccine and all that that's was kind of intense you know what i'm thinking yeah it's 100 it's just like i can't it's just something we were talking and then i'm like i felt guilty that we guilted ourselves and i'm like no <laughs> but the, thing, the rabbit hole the rabbit hole <laughs> it's so funny i mean I was, we pulled a card before this episode today. It was the Knight of Wands. Yeah. And I think that's important to share just in the context of this conversation, because we're talking about Taurus, we're talking about capitalism and exhaustion. And ultimately it's about doing what you love, right? It's about pleasure. So we do this podcast because we love doing it. You know, it's, it's fun for us to do this. (laughs) That's what I wanted to say. It's not like you have to ask yourself why you do something like I write because I love writing and I'm like, I'm not going to stop. Like, I'm just going to like, right. Or like some, even like, I'm sure we will love some of the memes we all watch. It's like, they add some joy into our lives. You know, I'm not gonna, um, devalue things that so many of us are doing it's just like when we're tired of doing that we need to give ourselves a permission to be like i'm not doing it for a little bit and then it's just there's everything is in cycles our energies in cycles and we need to kind of accept that and I yeah we are and taurus teaches that that everything is in cycle and i love what nature you yeah. why why are we doing this always going back to the why is so important and like you said it's like what is enjoyable keep doing it don't keep doing it just for doing it that will lose the soul of what you're doing and be able to adapt to the cycle of your of life and the cycle of like maybe you're tired maybe you want to rest maybe you want to do this you know what I mean it's like a listening to your body is so important because that's how burnout stopped not listening Mm. Out and keep going. and that's that's the question that I think we don't ask ourselves enough in capitalism and the question that helped me a lot navigating burnout is really examining the things that I was doing and saying do I enjoy this mm-hmm. not a lot of us are asking ourselves that question and like really being honest with ourselves about the answer it's yeah. a hard part being honest with oneself because the mind kicks in with all sorts of justification. It's just temporary or 
There was a moment. <laughs> you loved this. <laughs> and now you hate this. It's okay to change. It's okay to change. That's what eclipses are all about, right? They're they're these big moments that kind of reveal the things we need to change. Yeah. It's it's and also instead of to change it stay the way you are. Like these also information change you. You often go through transformation around like like in your life if you don't change and be the same person 10 years ago you didn't move like you didn't move you didn't like went through life to you're not the same person as you were in your 20s you grow you know so accepting change is normal transformation is normal yeah 100 yeah wow we went into it guys <laughs> yeah I, I feel like grateful for this mm-hmm. understanding. Yeah. You know, I, especially because I think eclipses, there's so much hype around eclipses as well. Eclipse season, chaos, everything is going to be hard. And, you know, this is a natural cycle that happens with the nodes and the moon. And it's important, right? It's it's something that happens for a reason. Mm-hmm. And sometimes we really need to step back and examine things, um, mm-hmm. especially when we've been clinging on to the way things have been in unhealthy ways, perhaps. Yeah, and we all have, I'm, I'm sure of it. Yeah, absolutely. We all have in mm-hmm. some ways, I know I have. Um, like, there's no denying that for me, it's that desire for clarity it's you know it's so funny it's like what what am I supposed to look what am I holding on to show it to me what I know I'm holding on to something what is it thing and that is in itself is a control mechanism very Taurus Scorpio informed um I think eclipses are beautiful it's like that moment between inhale and exhale. It's that thing where we're like, you know, the pause between the time, the tides, whatever you want to call it. And it's just so potent for allowing for that clarity to come through, allowing for universe to speak. Yeah. Eclipses, they have their... Uh, their share of doom and gloom associated with them but I don't think it's it's fair yeah I don't think so I think it's more of a are we capable of responding or not responding to this event in a way that is um high vibration I hate that word but but healthy to these things it's in our response that the truth not the truth but the quality or the outcome of this lies, I think. Mm. Yeah, I've said it before and I'll say it again. I feel like witches are really well-suited to navigating eclipse energy because we understand that everything is a cycle. Everything must change. That is the way of our philosophy, um, however you want to look at it. So um Yes, eclipses are not great times for casting spells and doing elaborate rituals, 
but it's a great time for listening and taking in information, as Mariana said. Yeah. And spell is such a broad spectrum of things. I don't think we're not doing spells during eclipses. I think it's a different kind of spells. Yeah. Holding I, your ground and and being present is a spell. It is it is a spell, exactly. It's like being so composed within oneself in one center when everything around you is moving as a centrifuge. You know, it's just, it's a spell. In the times we're in, to hold on to the innate sense of what, where is the joy resides for me in this moment of uncertainty. To, to kind of master that energy. That's powerful. Absolutely. Yeah. And I guess sort of adding to the potential chaos, when I'm not saying chaos in a bad way, um, to this Taurus season is we also will have a Mercury retrograde during Taurus season. Um, yeah. So Mercury will go retrograde on April 21st and it'll go direct on May 15th, 14th. Mm-hmm. So there's just something to be aware of as you look into your Taurus season, notice what you're going to be up to. Just, um, yeah, keep Mercury in mind. Do things yeah. slowly. Yeah. yeah. It's a great time to, because Mercury is been retrograde in a lot of at the same time and around for the past I think year and a half around um eclipse seasons <laughs> which is very interesting <laughs> and also the last one in Capricorn and it's very on uh, earth element so I do feel yeah. like the uh, Mercury retrograde are very tangible or very um in a real world kind of and I do feel like doing thing like and like, like I'm talking about looking at your finance, looking at your house, reorganizing, all of this will be very, very valued during that time. Uh, Mercury will definitely help. It's not always bad. It's the time to slow down. It's the time to review, renew, restore. And because he's on the earth uh, sign and last time too, and the next one too, it's... Uh, it's very important to get thing in the material world. I mean, when I see those Mercury retrograde around, first Earth, Earth signs, but also around eclipses. Yeah, totally. It's um, it's so interesting. This Mercury retrograde, it starts just just a touch upon reaching Uranus, almost reaching Uranus, and it's, it's like not ready yet for the new insights to be received, not ready yet. Something needs to be reconsidered, renegotiated. And why I say that? Because the ruler of the Mercury retrograde is Venus in Gemini. So the contracts, negotiations, agreements, travel plans, all sorts of details in the mundane and maybe grounded world it will have to be looked at and maybe reconsidered 
how we do them in a more unconventional or more us way, more serious mm -hmm. for us. Mm -hmm. And it, 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 the best way to do it is to look where Taurus is in your chart. You know, depending mm -hmm. on where it is, you know where you need to focus on and what you need to review. It will allow you to not spread everywhere, but at least to focus on one niche. Good advice, yeah. Yeah, so maybe we should talk about the um, the chart of Taurus season's initiation when the sun moves into Taurus. Let's do that. Let me just pull it real fast. Um, yeah, it's always an important moment. It's always good to look at the chart. Yeah. Um, There's a lot in Taurus. Spoiler alert. <laughs> when the sun moves into Taurus. <laughs> a lot in Taurus and even more to come. Yes. It's a Taurus happy moment. Yeah. So I, sun moves into Taurus. It's April 20th, right? Mm -hmm. And yeah. we have moon in Taurus. So when this, yeah, the moon is already in Taurus. It's just hours after the solar eclipse in Aries mm -hmm. it's just right there it's on like like on the hills of the solar eclipse that's squared and as soon as sun enters Taurus it starts its square to first fixed square to Pluto in Capricorn first of 20 more <laughs> the words be what did you say? Sorry, I couldn't hear you. So the this first fixed square between Sun and Taurus it, and Pluto in Cap in Aquarius, mm -hmm. and it's the first of twenty fixed squares between Sun and Pluto in Aquarius, and it's ouch. a fixed energy. Ouch! Yeah, <laughs> and it's um, it's a very slow fixed energy, not quick. So we know Pluto was in, a, in Capricorn for what, like 14 years or so, 14 by the end, 15 almost. And this one will be 21, 2021. Yeah. So more fixed energy takes more. I, I'll look at everything symbolically. Fixed energy takes more to move. Mm -hmm. So we're going to need more time to get those plates moving. Um, so yeah, this one is for, and the first one, we should look at that as what symbolic things are happening, what small things, because it's going to be just a little, maybe we're not even going to consider them significant at the moment of the square that like April 20th and 21st might not, but pay attention to what's happening, especially have you any degrees or placements or points around that degree it's mm -hmm. going to be a reoccurring square for you for 20 years and it's going to be like cooking and it's the first time for all of us to have this square like at zero like mm -hmm. zero Pluto in Aquarius zero the sun in zero degree in Taurus and because before this square went Pluto in Capricorn and the sun in Aries. So that was the feeling that we like 
we knew about. And so now it's just basically opening the door to something that is happening, you know, that's something new and a dynamic that we didn't see coming. And I love thinking about this, this square of a, like our vision to how, again, self-care or how we please, how we, how we have a relationship to pleasure and how we might transform in the next 20 years, <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, Sun, Sun Pluto is really interesting. I have a Sun Pluto square in my chart natally. Oh. Um, and it's, it's, it's a tough one. You know, I feel like it's, um, there's a way in which your ego, the sun, the way, you know, you shine in the world is very much tied to Plutonic themes, which are shame, guilt, the underworld and experience of death and transformation. So it's, it's a really it's an interesting one to tune into. And as you see like hints of that, look for signs of transformation. How are you transforming as a person? Like what does transformation mean to you? How does it take shape in your life? What are the symbols around that, that you experience? Um, how can you be a shapeshifter? And what does that mean to you? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's a very powerful. Like I'm I'm looking forward to see what's happening around those dates, and we know for certain because the ruler of this season Venus is in Gemini by the time Sun ingresses in Taurus, um, and Venus in Gemini. It is going to be about the separation. It's about duality. It's about. Um, Agreements that might not feel fair, Pluto and Aquarius, the valid people, the sun, government, resources, Taurus, some some dealing that might start one way and end the other way in Gemini, often the case. (laughs) Something promised, something not delivered, another option that might- Power, power dynamics. Yeah, like mind games, sweet words, little deeds. That's what I feel in this whole configuration. Yeah. Yeah. It's just like a lot of like air to mislead. The sun and Pluto, it's, yeah. The power of information also. Mm -hmm. We'll see. We'll see. Just, just know that it might change. It might shift, transform, some ways. Yeah. What else do we see in this ingression that's interesting? I love the North Node sextile. North Node in Taurus sextile, Saturn in Pisces. It feels like it's in our divine creative potential and ability to organize around our divine creative potential that we know how to move forward. Yeah. It's like the Saturn Pisces. It's like, and like, I'm going to say something and I'm not sure, like it's not referred to any specific ideology really. It's just like a notion that I have about Saturn Pisces. Not buying into utopia 
before too early. Mm -hmm. Being resistant in our inner, I don't know. And it's for different groups of people. And I see a lot of utopian and sometimes dark ideas floating all over the place. Right. You know, so like just, and it can be on a small scale, it doesn't have to be like some kind of, just, just for your inner personal life. Mm-hmm. Yeah, beware of, um, beware of people who are selling an idea of power to you yeah. at this point. Because power within is going to yeah. be the only empowering yeah. <laughs> route to take at this point. And if we get indoctrinated by someone else's ideals of power and well-being, so I see this a lot in like the wellness culture. So being mindful of like wellness cults and gurus at this point. The guru um, culture needs to go. Yeah, sorry. it's not working. <laughs> it's just like... No, I'm sorry. I'm like, it was very like, oof. but uh, harsh maybe from, from coming like, but the way it came from me, but I just don't believe in this whole, I'll tell you the truth thing. It's very disempowering. <laughs> yeah, because like, we're all different. I don't like the hierarchical thing. I don't like, don't, don't, yeah. It's just, doesn't sit well with me personally at this time so I had such a conviction I'm like no one is a teacher chill you might teach someone something and but that doesn't make you I don't know anything above in any way Um, so just be mindful about utopian promise of Power or redemption, Saturn and Pisces, that by selective compassion you can win something here? No. Selective compassion doesn't work. That Saturn Pisces is going to teach us. It has to be a real like work on the keeping our hearts open here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I guess, I mean, the next, the next thing that we did touch on is um, right after the sun enters Taurus on the 20th and the sun squares Pluto and Aquarius, Mercury goes retrograde at 15 degrees of Taurus. Mm -hmm. So it starts its retrograde journey. Yeah, it's boom, 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 right? One after another. It's just the beginning, very intense. It's very like, intense. It's very intense. Like the 2020 years, it's, it's a lot of happening. Basically, it started since like the new moon in Aries eclipse just before on the 19th. And then you have the 20, the sun in Taurus, the, and then Mercury retrograde, and the sun in Taurus square Pluto. Yeah, it's a lot. And what I like about this, the chart of the sun entering Taurus, but also it's going to be. Um, something that we uh, a transit that we're going to have uh, a long Taurus season is the, the Mars sextile uh, Mercury uh, because Mercury is going to be retrograde going back and forth we're going to have this kind of back and forth with Mars 
and I kind of like it. I didn't like it. I I, I think it gave us uh, power in our emotion, and kind of help us um, make decision with what feels good and what can help her uh, help us, you know, nurture ourselves, and also make decision maybe based on emotion. Yes, but on a very like maybe emotion that are not that are here on the long run and not here like court like short term making long-term decision that will help us be emotionally more stable and give us the power to act because mars is a power to act so acting on the emotion that we have and having the mind in it even if it's mercury retrograde it's still sextile that help us to think about those and kind of dive deep in those emotions um so i like that yeah it's a sweet support it is yeah mars and cancer bringing some some wisdom for us mm -hmm. so yeah. yeah we've talked about the sun and taurus square pluto mercury and then by april 24th i think i this is an important one right the sun conjunct north node in taurus because it's the last one for over 18 years in taurus Sun can just north node every year, but we have two and then on to the next for 18 years. So something yeah. that north node in Taurus happens on April 24th at four degrees of Taurus. Mm -hmm. And again, this it forms sextile to Saturn and Pisces. Um you know, Vesta is also at four degrees of Taurus. Oh, yeah. Right between, yeah, just sitting there with the sun and and the North Node. And I think that's really beautiful because, you know, Vesta is, I always think of Vesta as, you know, devotion, and like what mm -hmm. we're devoted to, um, sitting there with the North Node which is like the, that drive, that purpose. Um, it's, it's kind of like we can give ourselves more over to our value system through devotional acts, through devotional acts of pleasure or working with the body, working with nourishment, you know, working with our spirituality in some way. Um, yeah. It's a beautiful, yeah. the flare, basically the fire inside of ourselves. Right. I don't work with asteroids closely. I know very loosely about them. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so but yeah, it's, I, I say it's a like hearth and hearth, right? It's a flame inside the house. That's yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. The sacred flame. And very connected to kind of like the mythology of the Vestal Virgins who tended to the sacred flame in Roman. Oh my um, God. Yes. I've recently culture. been reading on about that because I came across, I have Vesta and Capricorn. And I was like, what does it mean? I wonder in depth. And I couldn't, I couldn't find much information on this very interesting Demetra George is your is your yeah yeah that's what I found person. yeah I need to get I need to get more into asteroids but 
I like this North Node and especially in Taurus talking about keeping the home warm oh. <laughs> and keeping our personal little temples warm. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah, beautiful. So should we move to them from April 24th? I feel like all the way to May 5th, we have a lot of sweet transits, like sextiles, but sun, Mars. So it's a lot of, yeah, actually, no, we, we have Mars square Chiron in Aries. It's a mixed bag of very quick moving transits happening. I don't know. Do you guys want to like discuss those or should we just? I'd like to discuss something that happens sort of in between the 24th of April and the 5th. There are a couple things energetically, spiritually. Um, We have not only Beltane, which is traditionally celebrated on, you know, April 30th, April 30th and May 1st. Um, And we also have Floralia, um, which is a festival to the floor, to the goddess Flora. Um, another Roman deity that happens, I believe it's between April 28th and May 5th, is their traditional festival time. And both of these sort of festivals are sacred to sexuality. Um, This time of year when spring is really happening and the flowers are emerging things can be planted in the ground again. There's this resurgence of life that happens at this time of year, which is very connected to fertility and sexuality. Um, And both Floralia and Beltane are, you know, pagan festivals that center around sexuality in particular. Uh, Flora was not only a goddess of flowers, but they were a goddess of uh, sex workers. Uh, So they protected and we're kind of like the patron goddess of all sex workers. Um, and the festival included a lot of debauchery, uh, sex, orgies. Um, and similarly, in, at Beltane, you were encouraged to have sex outside, have sex on the earth. Oh, you I know, didn't really, know that. Yeah, really connect with the earth in, in a sexual way, you know? Oh, wow. um, bring your, your, your body and your sexual experience to the earth um, as like a ritual act. So it's a zesty time. It's a fun time to be in touch with your sexuality. It's, it's you know, it's not surprising that this happens during Taurus yeah. season, season yeah. of pleasure. And right. sensuality. Yeah. It's right. A, yeah. I love this. Thanks for sharing. Yeah, absolutely. So it's especially because this happens kind of within eclipse season. Like I, I think there's a call to connect with your sexuality and make sure that, you know, whatever you're engaging with sexually feels authentic, feels like really actually pleasurable to you, not something you feel um, any pressure around, not something you feel um any obligation around, um, but something that you feel like really 
brings aliveness to your experience. Oh, I love this. So much yummy energy. Yeah. Um, yeah, it all feels so symbolic in, in terms of, so for Beltane, you said it's May 1st. I have to say this because that's how um, I, I, was, I was told or taught uh, by my teacher, but the midpoint between spring equinox and summer solstice is 15 degrees of Taurus and that falls on May 5th. And we need to honor also cosmic actual cycles as the earthly things. So you can make it a week, a week long celebration. <laughs> and Floralia ends on the 5th or traditionally yeah. so. And on the 5th of um, May, we have the lunar full moon lunar eclipse in at 14 degrees of Scorpio. And to what you just said about sexual pleasures and just almost it felt to me when you were talking about in a good way surrendering to the earth in the process of the sensual acts and sexual acts that that full moon in Scorpio is about again releasing shame that prevents all of that from happening from having that unity with nature from having that freedom as it being in the one with the partner with nature with whoever you know just having that it's it's a great time it's a very strong power point in the wheel of the year especially with an eclipse happening in the fold yeah i love that yeah it's it's a beautiful time to really shame you know um I mean, all days are good days to release the shame, but this does feel like a cosmic portal to support with that. Yeah, lean into nature in all in all of things that you want to do. It's going to be supportive because this lunar eclipse, it's a last eclipse in Scorpio mm -hmm. for the time being. It's 14 degrees. Oh, one thing before we talk about eclipse, I want to mention that Pluto is going retrograde. And I think it's kind of important because it's the first Pluto retrograde in Aquarius on May 1st. It's zero degrees. It dipped its toes and now it's on its way back. Create a little mess and then going back and say, I'll be back. <laughs> it is creating those things. May yeah. I say it is creating something <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like very visible. I didn't expect it to be that honestly. I am such a especially I'm like fixed energy, it's gonna be a slow, slow burn. But like what I'm seeing right now is not really a slow, slow burn, it's quite yeah. a out there yeah. in a good way. So I'm like excited to see what it's gonna bring. Yeah. Now we were talking earlier about France, which was a good example of what happened, which was very interesting. As soon as Pluto came into Aquarius, even if it's something that's been built up, we talk about the previous episode about Pluto and Capricorn, what Pluto and Capricorn brought 
to the world and how people came to realization or how people real like realize the power that um was kind of you know um owning the world or the power that was in owning us kind of or like who was who was directing us and who was in charge and realizing that is it's is quite like mind-blowing a lot of for a lot of people like we talk about the one percent the that everybody's now using that word and using that notion and everybody understand it now. And it's like, what do you do with an information of the past 15 years, 17 years that Trudeau wasn't Capricorn? What do you do with it? And when you see France, it's obviously, it's obvious what they do with it. Um, it's obvious that they are like out there and can see that the, the system is not working for, for them anymore. And this is what Pluto in Capricorn, the information that Pluto in Capricorn brought to us, basically. Um, so yeah, it was very interesting. Yeah. All right. More power to the people, eh? Power to the people, all um, the power okay. to the people. So for this. So this eclipse happens on May 5th. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I'm uh, opening the chart because it's, uh, oh God, I'm so done with these eclipses that I'm sorry that I like. You're <laughs> <laughs> happy that it's the last the, one. The, the, they have the Uranus in the mix. <laughs> Yikes. Yeah, it's such a, like an electrifying zing. Yeah. I'm like, can we not have Uranus or Saturn square the eclipses? Can we? <laughs> it's such a like a nervous system. Yeah. It's yeah. it's really jarring to the nervous system. I've gotten sick or had a medical situation almost every time there's been this uh, Taurus Scorpio eclipse because it's hitting my chart in a particular way. But it's been so physical for me. Yeah. And like, honestly, if you have personal planets, it's even more so impactful like Casey. But for the people, like I have nothing in fixed signs. I have only Pluto, like our generation, we all have Pluto in Scorpio. And just the presence for the Pluto and Scorpio generation, this has been jarring. <laughs> Honestly, this eclipses someone, even like someone like me who doesn't have anything in on the fixed cross, has been shook with this Pluto being like ha having its little fingers <laughs> in, the, in the eclipse thing you know I'm like and this one is right jam smacked on my Pluto 14 degrees I'm like oh, one more let's go and like I don't know it's so it's a full moon uh lunar eclipse on May 5th at 14 degrees the sun is conjunct Uranus 
and this full moon is opposite the sun. You, the conjunction is four degrees, quite active. And the moon is opposite the conjunction of the sun and Uranus. And also Mercury retrograde is in active opposition to this whole yeah. thing. Uh, already full moon are very highly emotional for many people. And <laughs> depending, of course, of your placement. More than that is an eclipse. So transformation, earthquake <laughs> inside of you. And then the moon, like we talked about earlier, is, is not in a great place in Scorpio. Um, and the ruler of this full moon is Mars. And Mars is in Cancer. So emotion can run really high when you have a um, basically fire in water, <laughs> you know? Um, Mars and Cancer, that's basically, let's say, square Chiron in Aries. So Chiron is a wounded healer. And for me, that eclipse is, like, is very triggering our deepest wound again. It's, we're still going back to this. And because our emotional running high, because of the full moon, because of Mars and Cancer and those opposition to Uranus, I feel like we can, I, I, I don't want to say we cannot trust ourselves during that time, but not react of what's coming up is going to be a major thing <laughs> during that eclipse because some, some things can come up and deep stuff can come up, but not react on it is going to be the, the challenge, I think. Not letting anger take over, it's going to be obviously a challenge. We're talking about Mars. Um, ruling that eclipse and full moon eclipse so I, I just feel like yeah like try try to not like over like reacting on that's going to be a very important point but it's a i don't like saying great using the word great but it's something that this placement can bring stuff that is important for us that was not in our radar basically, that we didn't see before. And that is why that that lunar eclipse is, is interesting for me. It's like something that we brought up that was not, that we were not aware uh, or were not in our vision um, and can come from like the left, you know, and eat us kind of. Again, not acting on this those emotions will be the challenge. Yeah, and one thing on top of this, is this eclipse is square in Lilith and Leo. Lilith at 13 degrees at the time of the eclipse. Hmm. So it's the reaction that is ego-driven. Oh. The reaction that, you know, that uh -huh. whole like, and we can take it on a like individual scale as, not recognizing me, not seeing me, not hearing me, Mercury's retrograde. And you know, like, and the sun with Uranus disrupting me, whatever, everything can be taken as a hit to an ego with this configuration. So just humble yourself for, for the sake of yourself, your own sake. It's just gonna be so helpful. How do we work with this energies though? What's the silver lining here? How do we, what's like, it, the configuration is here. It, it has a purpose. It's got to have a purpose here somehow. 
So the way I see this, it's it's finding that the the moon is full in Scorpio, Mars. It's finding that inner depth of emotions to fight for what um, important to you on like on your real value system level, on the kind of like foundation you want to, it's almost fighting for the kind of base, new base we want to build, new foundation we want to build because sun is in Taurus and Mars in Cancer. It's very like home, finding for what kind of personal collective home we're building here. But because the Lilith, this is the biggest kind of, trick for me not fall into the trap of superiority maybe mm -hmm. fall the trap of grandiosity we're all special but we're not more special that might be something we need to keep in mind we're not less special more special we just are and we need to together to build this foundation to use this emotional upheaval that might be here to plan because Mars and Cancer does not act on the spot really it acts from the background and if that's done to us as a society in some capacity that can trigger that kind of response still plan accordingly be wise about this mm -hmm how I feel I don't know it brings up for me this kind of pattern that I've seen a lot and I've witnessed in myself as well it's this push and pull between honoring our own needs and our own experiences honoring our own suffering and not constantly comparing our suffering to others and invalidating it in that process like martyring ourselves for any reason or diminishing our wounds, because there are so many gaping wounds that we're witnessing in the collective and in our communities and in our friendships and, you know, with our beloveds. Mm -hmm. I feel like there's something here about, you know, really radically accepting whatever our material is and like honoring our own emotional needs without diminishing them and without being able to kind of show up and honor and care for other people at the same time. It's a, it's a stretch of capacity, mm -hmm. quite honestly, and a shift in how we're kind of collectively understanding, where do I put my energy when there's so much need at this time? You know, there's so many revolutions to participate in. How do I show up? How do I care for myself in the process? Um, I think that's a big piece of what's going on here. Hundred percent. It's really good point. Also, I'm like thinking Mars gonna be and Moon. They are in the mutual reception, like they are as we record this podcast. Um. So, it's almost how do we not allow? Moon is doesn't like being in Cancer. Mars doesn't like being. Uh, Moon doesn't like being in Scorpio. Mars doesn't like being in Cancer. Mm -hmm. 
through our emotional responses, we can lose on so much vital force, so much energy. And you know what else we can lose our vital force through? It's been victimizing ourselves, feeling like victims. We can't afford this right now by no means. We One thing is naming the problem. Another and naming what the problem is doing to us. And even on personal levels, one thing is naming the problem that stems from a childhood, Mars and Cancer. Another thing is becoming a lifelong moon in Scorpio, victim to that problem. So like finding ways to deal with all this in a, like, I feel like, you know, I often find that answer, I am going to like take a stretch here, found somehow in Saturn. Disciplining, again, our, our compassion muscle, it's the only way we gonna, can, we can hold space for our suffering, like Casey, you said, and hold space for everyone, not everyone, we can't, like, people in our circle, people we know, we, we can strengthen this muscle by um, real profound compassion here. This I think this lunation, because the shame that's going to rise up is going to require that, really will. Definitely, compassion is the key. Yeah. Yeah, and so that's Saturn and Pisces definitely bring compassion. I also think about discipline in um your practice whatever yeah. it might be um through prayer through affirmation again self-care um it is a, a great Saturn is helping us here to put structure around this and kind of have a routine around this and that is helping us in our every, everyday life it can be EFT like tapping you know uh, meditation, anything that helps you contain and like kind of make sense emotionally through compassion again to whatever happened to you or what is happening outside of you. Um, it's great. Me, my walking in the presidio that I have next to my place, which I'm very lucky, is like I have the presidio and every day I go for a walk and that's my um Saturn in Pisces and I need that time to work just to go outside and do kind of a mindful meditation which I didn't realize until like a week ago <laughs> you know mm. and that helped me a lot going through all the spaces um so yeah finding your practice and it can be just lighting a candle and write every night 10 minutes in your journal but is always having this routine this discipline that Saturn is asking us and Pisces it's yeah it's like basically a spiritual day-to-day -day routine <laughs> yeah super important yeah it feels like a battle for for the soul at this moment for each soul and i know it sounds very dramatic but it really is because with with the amount of changes we're going through we have went through we're going through we will be going through the shifts in the fabric of the society all of this it's very easy to lose heart. Very easy to feel helpless here. Mm -hmm. So, and with this configuration, with 
this full moon eclipse in Scorpio, it's going to be very easy to spill over the edges. We need to like also have some sense of inner power over what's happening with our energy. We can't just allow it spill mindlessly by the reactionary means. And I think a lot of us doing this and we're gonna like, it's, I'm, I'm, I'm remembering it once again, 2020. We've done this, we can do, everything can be done, but approach has to be different where it can be a long game, not like three months and we're all dying some emotional exhaustion <laughs> right that's what it was we need that we need that spiritual discipline like Karina spiritual. said yeah 100 yeah. right the next big transit that happens is on may 7th when venus enters cancer mm-hmm. which we love yeah we do yeah um which will be a nice, a nice shift away, I think, <laughs> from Venus and Gemini, um, and a potential, you know, bringing bringing it back to your emotional needs again. Like I think there's like a tenderness that comes with Venus and Cancer. There's a focus on care, you know, self care, caring for others, honoring your needs. That it just feels, you know very nurturing yeah honoring the feminine side of you mother in yourself represent the mother so yeah i this is such a it's a beautiful energy when venus is in cancer it's um beautifying your home it's not like Mars in Cancer beauty kind of working on your home where you like nails and hammers involved. <laughs> it's more of a, more like decoration. painting, decoration, art, yeah. kind of garden. Um, mm-hmm. Working on your garden is very advised here. It's just a beautiful time to to ease into our ourselves a bit more. Yeah, so that's good. In match, it matches this. this. Taurus vibe oh, yeah is ruled that season so having her in, a, in cancer is very it's a good feeling they embrace each other really well it feels like a soft cushion too after the eclipse yeah um, total yes like a reminder to come back to those you know those activities that give you pleasure and make you feel good and feel nourishing and I think the mothering piece is important like how can you mother yourself in this moment to make yourself you know be vulnerable but also feel supported in that vulnerability yeah safety safety matters a lot here Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. all right then then the following week mercury goes direct on May 14th. So we're we're out of the the retrograde woods, so to speak. In Taurus, definitely woods. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> okay. 
we're we're out of the the bewitched forest of of Mercury retrograde in Taurus. Yeah. Into the meadow. Maybe we can see a clearing. <laughs> Do a meditation about your your kind of your own inner woods and see what is revealed on May 14th. Yeah. Yeah. It's oh yeah, it's very exciting. Yeah, and it's it finishes its retrograde like almost again reaching the not Uranus North Node. It's almost it's it it makes this dance between North Node and Uranus. That's what Mercury does here. So it's like where you need to go. There are necessary changes, and something in between had has to be understood here with this Mercury. Yeah. Um. And that's a beautiful kind of transit that the the transit that is following which is may 16 jupiter entering interstorus is just a like kind of a like basically the north node you know mercury which we're kind of prep us you know prep the land the ground of taurus <laughs> part of a charge to just enter this like that jupiter which is you know face expanse luck and all that, that that jupiter is obviously in astrology a benefic planet uh so entering it after mercury retro retrograde is actually i love it and i think it's great to do during this mercury retrograde do your homework because that help that will definitely help the transit of jupiter entering taurus just after yeah, um, yeah so it's kind of a revision before a transient that will last a year long and that is supposed is supposed to be benefic in this part of your chart. That's good advice, I feel like, especially because Jupiter, as it enters into Taurus, it makes that square okay. mm -hmm. to Pluto. Mm -hmm. So there's like a, the reckoning with Jupiter as well, with Jupiter and Taurus. Like there's there is transformation as it moves into Taurus that's initiated by that square to Pluto, so. It feels excessive. I don't know, the whole configuration to me feels so excessive. I am just like envisioning like, like land grabs and some, it's, I don't know what to expect from this, but this is power and Jupiter and land and just something or something on the all country, like breaking apart or starting to break apart mm -hmm. the square and Jupiter and Taurus and the Venus, the ruler of Jupiter and Taurus in the during the ingress is in Cancer, as we've mentioned. So might be about land. It might be about safety. It might be body about autonomy. Yeah. Specifically female body autonomy. Yeah. Just non-cis body autonomy. Non yeah. Um, and it's just like, and also like male. food and children, a lot of safety of the children. One thing I didn't mention that for the, the eclipse that came to me before with, when I was thinking about it, it's like Mars in Cancer and the whole configuration there, like safety of the children. And this one is again, it's like safety of children somehow 
in terms of their nourishment and there's so many things that it can play out with mm-hmm. but pluto jupiter square feels like an energy of unprecedented in terms of outreach clashes of power right. i mean self you know like a lot of money Jupiter in Taurus, it's big resources. It's like the NRA, you know? Yeah. The gun lobby. Exactly. And it's all like, and it is Pluto in Aquarius. Uh, If we go back to the square with the sun, and we know that the sun is making a second square during the year with Pluto, usually it's making two square to Pluto, depending on where it moves. And it feels like with, Jupiter coming after after that, there is going to be this question with Pluto and Aquarius um, squaring this planet in Taurus about, yes, like you mentioned, resources, food, who get, it's going to be a lot about land and who own the land and who own the food and what we're mm-hmm. putting on food. There's a lot of uh, around that say, who will own those lands? Who give, um, who has the power around it? Who's the right for that land? I'm thinking also about electricity. And we know who. We know that has been since Uranus has been in Taurus. It's so many problems with electricity, electricity that we have shortage or like cut up or inflation or like it's it's crazy. Um, so we can see that resources is going to be a big theme. Yeah. Uh, and this square is definitely bringing who got the power around it. And how how we're gonna is that is it is gonna be are we gonna explore around it or it's gonna be a theme for the next 20 years it's interesting i feel like you know yeah there's so much to pay attention to in terms of the collective at this time with this transit and jupiter moving into taurus Mm. and i would say karima saying kind of do your homework (laughs) um feels important And also I would say with Jupiter moving into Taurus, count your blessings, like really do so in a way that's maybe not even abstract, like really be aware of your resources um, in terms of both like capital, physical resources, energetic resources, what you need from your community to feel supported, Mm -hmm. what you need in order to feel like you're succeeding. do a deep dive and think about that. And maybe some like abundance or gratitude magic would be supportive um, as we navigate a lot shifting in terms of who has what and what is available to whom. Because I think we're going to have to rethink networks of support in a really big way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sure. Okay. <laughs> So the next transit that we have is the new moon at 28 degrees of Taurus that takes place on May 19th. No eclipse. <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah. Just want to mention that after 18 months of having eclipse in that part of our chart. <laughs> not eclipse. We love to see that. We yeah. love not eclipse. <laughs> we love it 
We love Eclipse too. We love. We just. We're here. <laughs> we love everything. <laughs> we hear about love. Okay. <laughs> well, yeah, okay. it's at twenty-eight degrees of Taurus, ruled by Venus. Venus is in Cancer, like we mentioned. So, I like. I'm just checking on what Venus does, and it's a. Uh, it's very nice. It's I just I just feel like this is a nice way, a nice new mood to put seeds, um, to do intention work. Um around again, it's, it's the theme of the season, self-care, pleasure, um nurturing yourself. I, I feel like after the, the big turmoil of the eclipse season, it feels very peaceful, especially because I guess it's trying um, Pluto in uh, Aquarius, which feel less like a, the square that we've, we're gonna feel all along the season. Um, so kind of working with our emotional and ego state will feel nice. Well, um, yeah, the new moon itself, I find the ruler is sweet in Cancer. The aspects of the new moon are good, but look, guys, what's happening the, between the Mars. Grand Cross, Mars, Pluto, Jupiter nodes. <laughs> Don't love I was that. trying to be nice. <laughs> <laughs> And I can't help myself. Uh, it's just okay. Like, let's throw some ideas what it could be. Mm-hmm. This is Mars, and the next day, Mars moves and forms an opposition to Pluto. And the notes, it's just like three degrees, and Jupiter is kind of expanding whatever conflict it finds between mars and pluto and what needs to be left and what is being held on to for dear life right and this conflict of power obviously because we have pluto here and mars and the opposition going to be with mars in leo mm-hmm. next day but it's in the proximity of this new moon so the new moon begins something that's gonna be a very like long push and pull dynamic between big powers, technological powers, old money, you know, things like that, resources hidden underground. It's just a big, um face-off if I may say so I know what do you guys think it's so interesting because I I think you know a Mars Pluto opposition triggered in a t-square with Jupiter I mean there's like the potential for just kind of like I mean to be extremely triggered um and for there to be violence of some kind um having a violent reaction to people in power, um, people in power having a violent reaction to the collective. Um, Mm. So 
there's a lot there. What I think is interesting is that, you know, that that new moon is at 28 degrees of Taurus sitting away from that. And I think it's an opportunity to like really understand the power dynamics at play, see the injustice Mm. and potentially initiate something that really shifts the course of those power dynamics in some way. Um, If we can really harness that Martian impulse in a way that's healthy. Because I think, you know, Mars, Pluto can feel kind of like out of control if we don't know what we're, you know, how do we, if we don't have an outlet for it. So like finding an outlet for your rage (laughs) and your displeasure, your discomfort, um, having an outlet for your shame, for processing your shame, um, and those injustices that we're all uh, privy to at this point, um, that's going to be really important. It would be a great day for, maybe not a great day, but like a protest or even just a circle getting with your community and doing some like visioning together and saying like, how can we change this? Like what isn't working? What would be better? So maybe that's extremely idealistic, but you know, constantly thinking about how to harness that new moon energy that Karima is correct. Like there's so much, there's, there's a lot of goodness to squeeze out of that new moon. And like, we, I think we need to balance, find balance between the crazy upheaval that we're going to experience and not letting that knock us off our gravity center and really rooting into Taurus and saying, how can we do it differently? How can we do it that better, that honors our pleasure and honors Mm -hmm. Venus, our values? Yeah, in cancer, taking care of each other, taking care of ourselves. Right. You know, and yeah, this is this new moon forms beautiful sextile to Neptune, and it's on forming out of sign trine to Pluto. Right. So mm-hmm. it does have and the sextile to Mars. So it forms beautiful aspects to this very complex configuration so if we can practice certain level of like again Karima really was right preparation long-term preparation here right where we I don't want to say detach it's like I don't like that word not detach maybe but see beyond the immediate upheaval as in what's after that what do we do with this maybe maybe the upheaval in itself you know like the chaos in itself is such a powerful and um, rich soil that we can do something it's going to move a needle in such a powerful way that this really troublesome square is going to be a source of that's going to help 
us to start putting those long-term blocks down because without that kind of upheaval, I honestly don't see how we're going to do that. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like the, the, you know, the squares can be kind of like a battery, um, like a source of power. Oh, like I that, love that energy. You know, forces us to do something, move. So that's one way to think about them. Yeah. So guys, by that new moon, we need to like, we need to come in with energy and with prepared to the best capacity. Yeah, can I share something? I think I've shared, maybe I've shared it during one of the podcasts we've done months ago. I don't remember. But this is the same configuration. Should I share? I'm like, this is kind of like scary, but it's the same configuration was when the Second World War started. But nodes were in this, like, like this north node in taurus south node in scorpio i believe but pluto was in leo and mars was in aquarius interesting it, the same big like like square yeah was jupiter there too i think so okay i don't I, like i will have to go back and see because i've been it's been months since i've i've seen that I've looked at it, but it's a very, it's quite a strong energy. Oh, and the yeah. thing is, it's a different kind of war, if if you can use that word, because here we have Pluto in Aquarius. So Pluto, back then, Pluto was in Leah in the hands of a power grabbing narcissist, narcissist, fascist, <laughs> you know, <laughs> to name I, a few. And now we have it in the hands of those who control technology and power and information, Aquarius. It's not a person. Yeah. It's a network. Oh my God, yeah, you're right. I like that. I mean, I like it. I don't like it, of course, but the interpretation <laughs> is very good. That's what I meant. Um, it is. A, it's very interesting. And it is about land, Taurus, like it was before. And the resources, and we're gonna have this land. Because at the end of the day, having all this electrical waste, it's like if we have no land to do anything with, nothing matters on this. We own land, and land is the only thing that we have. <laughs> yeah. Fascinating. Yeah, I would say, you know, this is a good moment to, um, especially on this new moon with everything we've been talking about. Yeah, stick to your spiritual practices. Do some divination work on this on this new moon, especially for the next six months and tracking the progression to the full moon in Taurus. Yeah. Um, and, you know, pay attention to what's going on. Don't shut down. It's gonna, it, it's gonna feel really easy to shut down, but do your best to kind of balance being aware and participating in the collective with also caring for yourself, mm -hmm. uh, staying grounded. That's going to be the big homework. Yeah. It's so important. Yeah. It's like uh, one astrologer I respect greatly. She says, work on yourself, ex like 
expand yourself but don't be impressionable too impressionable in this day and age it's gonna ruin you being impressionable right now is not what we need to be we can't afford being impressionable we like that's the word right like i'm just translating from language and yeah it's and if we submit and too much to these emotions finding a way back can be very hard so participating in non-impressionable way in a way where we like see it as try to see it as it is especially with the tool of astrology we have that capacity if we look deeply enough in the letters yeah yeah so Taurus season really coming in with a lot to navigate eclipse season mercury retrograde remember that it is Taurus season yeah that's that's I think the slogan remember that it's Taurus season yeah you know be you know do what Karima suggested like stick to your spiritual disciplines you know find ways to ground nourish yourself be whimsical enjoy Beltane you know get some bring some magic into your life yeah you know it's it's important to not forget to honor those cycles which is you know what what Beltane is about it's it's the holiday that's opposite Salin in the Celtic pagan wheel of the year. So um, it's a very liminal time as well. So you're psychically open and tuned into your body at the same time. That's, I think, when real magic happens. So, yeah, so true. So beautifully said. Mm. Yeah, if if we have our pleasure with us and our joy, we're so much harder to to control it's the easiest to control is when we have nothing to hold on to like that no spiritual practice no community no joy no pleasure and then we're just that's it yeah so true so true love it thank you ladies thank you both this has been lovely and Thank you to all of our listeners for tuning in and we'd love to kind of continue hearing from you. So if you have any suggestions for the podcast um, or if you have any feedback from us, if you have any questions, you can actually leave comments on our podcast now. So please do so. We'd love to hear from you and don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss another episode. Thank you guys. Bye-bye. Be well. Thank you for tuning in to the Modern Witches podcast. We hope you've been inspired to cultivate your own magic and to craft your own spiritual practices. Let us know what sparked your curiosity by leaving us a comment on this episode or leave us a review. And don't forget to subscribe to the show so that you never miss an episode. Your feedback and engagement truly fills our cups. If you're looking for more ways to gather with your fellow witches, please support our work on Patreon. Learn more at modernwitches.org. Blessed be.